Hi, I'm Cece, and welcome to the Barry Dyers Podcast, where we share our most intimate insecurities, bariatric stories, and battle with obesity. So grab a cup of inspiration with me as we figure out life, post up together. We are so excited to announce that ProCare Health is sponsoring the Barry Diaries podcast. ProCare Health is specially formulated for bariatric patients and know what our bodies need. Not only do they take out the guesswork and make it easy for us to achieve our vitamin goals, but they also give us vitamins that taste like dessert. Win, win. And they're easily digestible. Did I mention dark chocolate squares and cinnamon rolls? Give them a try. Use code BERRYPOD to save at ProCareNow.com. Welcome to the Berry Darius Podcast. This is Cece, your host, and I have an amazing guest today. And I know I say that all the time, but it does not get old. This is so much fun. She's incredible. Her name's Monica Weaver. She's on Instagram. So I will add her tag on the podcast notes so you can check her out. Hey, Monica. Hi, how are you, Cece? Thank you Exciting. for having me. I'm so excited. I get so excited. This is like, this is so much fun. I just love talking to people. So it's so much fun. Thank you. Thank you. You're also going on the cruise and we're going to talk about that. Yes. You're also plastics. We're going to talk about that. I'd like to start all of my episodes with stats because I think that's what drives us. Yes. Well, I do want to share that I am will be 21 years post-op in January. So I go back to the beginning when they started doing the surgery, I had Ruin Y. And at the time when I had the Ruin Y, they did it open. There was no, there wasn't laparoscopic. So I actually have the big incision from top to bottom. And that's how I had the Ruin Y 21 and a half years ago. Uh, My highest weight was 278 pounds and my BMI was 51. Oh my God. I have so many questions just already. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, I'm not going to lie. It hasn't been an easy road and I'm going to be very honest to tell you, it took me 18 and a half years to lose 153 pounds. Wow. So even though I had surgery, that alone was not the answer. Mm -hmm. And I had to really learn that this is truly just a tool Mm -hmm. and not a magic wand. And that was one of the biggest things that I had to learn on my journey. And even after I I actually got to goal weight during COVID, Um, during COVID, I was like, you know what? I'm locked up at home. I have nothing else to do. I'm going to buckle down and I'm going to do what I have to do. And I got the weight off. And then after I, I had my first plastics, um, like we talked about before, um, I've had my arms done. I've had the bags under my eyes done and I've had a lower body lift. And ju- I tell people just like bariatric surgery is a tool, so is plastics. And you can easily regain the weight even after plastics. And I regained 20 pounds after plastics. And I'm just now working on my last two pounds to get off as I get ready to have my final surgery this coming January, which is skin removal on my thighs. So it's been a long journey. It's been a very long journey. Okay. Well, let's take it back a little bit. So you're 20, I think you're the longest running surgery um, that I've had. 
21 years. That's incredible. And so they opened you up back then. Yes. Wow. That That's horrible. <laughs> yeah. What was your post-op like? Um, it was very painful. However, you know, sometimes people ask me, well, what were the requirements as far as food and all that? And I honestly, I don't Back know then. if I was in the honeymoon phase that I just thought everything was going to be easy or they really didn't give me any instructions. I don't remember. I don't know if I was just, you know, with the, I, that vision of never gaining weight again. And that's all I could see. Or if they gave me something, I don't really remember. So I honestly didn't even, I don't even remember having a guide. I really don't. I was pretty yeah. much just on my own to figure it out. Yeah. Back then, I don't think they had all the or there were support groups. The yeah. thing was obesity, obesity help back then. And we had um, the local group because I had surgery in Arizona and the, they had a local group where we met, but it was more of getting together and showing off our weight loss and exchanging clothes. But I don't remember there ever really being an emphasis on nutrition like I see nowadays. Mm -hmm. I just really, I don't remember that. Wow. So it, it, it made it, um, I had surgery in 2002. I got married a year, almost a year and a half later, I got married. And at that point I had lost 127 pounds. And when I got married, we had children right away. And after, um, with my first child, I easily took it off. And then with my son, um, I did Weight Watchers. I got it off. But when I got to my 15-year-old daughter, the weight wouldn't budge no matter what I did. I mean, it didn't matter what I did. The weight would not budge. And at that point, it was like, okay, what do I do? I don't even think Facebook would. I don't even know if Facebook was a thing back then. So I really oh, had nobody yeah. to turn to because at that point, I was living in New Mexico and I was already gone from Arizona. So I didn't know if there was support. I didn't know where to turn. And when I went to the doctors and I said to them, look, I had bariatric surgery. I've regained the weight. I don't know what to do. Their answer was, we don't know how to help you. Yeah. Because this is new to us. So I was lost, not knowing what to do or what my options were. And I will tell you this. And this may rock some boats, but I am glad that there was no social media and there was no way for me to find out that revision surgery existed because although there are cases where revision surgery is really warranted, I also find that oh, I didn't lose any, I couldn't lose any more weight. Let me have a revision. And the person has not changed their habits. Yeah. And they end up back where they started. Mm -hmm. So had I known there was a revision, I would have probably done it, but it wouldn't have served me for long-term success because I hadn't dealt with the root of the problem, which was my problem with food and how I use food to soothe and comfort me. Why did you use food to soothe and comfort you? What was the root of the problem? I don't think there was ever a time that, I mean, growing up in a Hispanic family, my mom was a single mom 
and Hispanics, everything is celebration. Everything is around oh, yeah. food. You got an A, let's go eat. Yeah. You got what, whatever it is, love is around food. Yeah. And that's the way you communicate love. So to me, I feel sad. I eat. I feel happy. I eat. Yeah. I feel I eat. So instead of just um, dealing with the emotions then in another way that didn't have to know, be with food, that was the only way that I knew. Like to this day, my mom wants to sometimes cook cooks things for my kids that I don't want in the house. And she gets upset at me. And she says, well, why aren't you letting me show them how much I love them? Mm-hmm. And I have to tell her, cooking this food doesn't equate to love. Yeah. Go do something with them. Go spend time with them. Mm-hmm. That's love. So in her mind, I'm not letting her love her grandchildren because I'm not letting her cook the foods that we don't eat at the house. So it, it's just a tie to being sad, to being happy, to being loved to anything. Yeah. In the Hispanic culture, you just celebrate with food. Well, you don't have to have a reason to celebrate even. And if you don't eat your food or don't eat all your food, it is a direct insult. Yes. To the person who cooked it. <laughs> because to this day, my mother gets insulted. Yeah. She gets it's, insulted it's an insult. Mm-hmm. And she takes it personally. I'm like, it's yeah. not against you. It's, I need to, le- we don't, I need to learn how to deal with my relationship with food. And I don't need to punish myself or reward myself with food. Mm-hmm. it's tough so, it's tough I don't think there was ever a time that it wasn't it and so but at the same time I got blamed I was always told the reason you're obese because I was obese my entire life mm-hmm. the reason you're obese is because you're not pushing away from the table but I'm like the food was around me all the time well you could have just a little bit and push away well I couldn't but I mean it's the uh it's the tortillas you know the the flour tortillas well, I, mean, I didn't grow up are... on tortillas. I'm Colombian, so we grew up on arroz, frijoles, patacones, arepas, uh-huh. empanadas. But it's still you know. a lot of fat, yes. a lot of sugar. A lot and, of carbs. Yeah, and so it's still not the best for you. Oh, you I know. went to private school, and I went to this pr- Christian private school where the, the ladies from the church would come and cook for us lunch, meals like we would have at dinner. Oh my gosh, it was the best lunches ever. You would have pork chop with arroz con frijoles, with platanos, with Cuban bread. And if you wanted some, some Cuban coffee afterwards, you can have some. I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> lunch at school was wonderful. You oh know, so it, it was like food was everywhere. How did you cope with it? How did you lose the weight? I think the turning point for me was when I went to the doctor thinking I was gonna get a clear bill of health because I had reached what at that time was my goal. And instead of getting a clear bill of health, I was diagnosed with a fatty liver. And I was like, how can this be? I'm at an ideal weight. And that's the thing that we think because you're in an ideal weight, we equate an ideal weight with health. And those are two different things. You can be at an ideal weight and still not be healthy. Go to the hospitals and see how many sick people there are that are at a healthy weight, but they're not well. And that was a turning point with, for me 
dealing with, with my anemia, dealing with my iron deficiency, um, dealing with acid reflux, dealing with even dental issues that I had never had. I mean, the problems I developed. And so at that point, I sought a homeopathic doctor to kind of help me figure out what was going on because no other doctor could help me. I had tried every doctor and they said, we can't help you. We don't know how to help you because we don't know anything about the bariatric community. So he started helping me on dealing with my fatty liver and some of my issues. And he talked to me about um, removing inflammatory foods out of my life and, and how they affected my health. And that was really rough. Yeah. And Gary, although I, maps, um, I, I had to do AIP autoimmune okay. protocol. Okay. And so that was really rough, but my husband did it with me and we got through with that. And I thought, okay, you know, I'm going to get the weight off. The weight didn't come off. I got healthier, but the weight didn't come off. Then I started looking into, okay, let me look a little bit deeper into paleo. Great. My health got better. We went from being sick nine months out of the year to, I don't remember the last time we were sick. It's been years. We don't get sick, but so things improved because of, of what the way we changed our eating, but my weight didn't change. And I was like, okay, what's going on here? And so I started working with another lady that started teaching me more about eating foods, non-inflammatory foods and all that. And I lost some weight, which is when I hit my goal weight um, during COVID. And then afterwards, I regained 20 pounds and I started doing again what I was taught and I couldn't get the weight off this time. And I'm like, okay, I coach people. I help women lose weight. I can help anybody. What is wrong that I can't help myself? And so I decided that even though I was a coach, I needed to hire a coach to help me. And what I discovered was that I thought I was in a caloric deficit in my eating when I truly wasn't in a caloric deficit and the importance of tracking your food. Because I talk about that, but people are like, oh, I don't want to track my food. You're stuck on your weight. You don't know what's going on. And I really had to zero in on tracking on my tracking my food. However, she taught me a different way to track food. Instead of weighing everything by ounces, she's had me weigh everything in grams. And she had me start reading labels and say, look, what the labels say the serving size is, and when you weigh it, the amount they tell you, it doesn't equal out. And it ends up being 25, 30 calories over here, 100 there, 20 here, 50 there. And by the end of the week, when you add up the calories because you didn't weigh your food, you're eating two, 300 calories over what you thought you were eating because the labels are not correct. Like one day, my husband and I put out some sprouted bread and it said that the bun, the serving size for the bun was 80 grams. So we didn't normally weigh it. We just grabbed the bun and say, okay, it's 80 grams. We grabbed the information, we put it in, we're good. Well, we decided to weigh the bun and the bun that the label said should weigh 80 grams was 190 grams. Hmm. So had we not weighed it, we would have never known yeah. that the information on the label and what we were actually eating didn't match up. And I discovered where my issue was. 
you can't trust labels, you know, because I'm gluten-free. Okay. I shaver from dairy. I have a super sensitive stomach, like shit. It sucks. But, but hold on. I have a question and I don't know if anybody else is thinking this, but I am. Did they tell you when you had bariatric surgery, get in your protein, get in your vitamins? Did they preach that? Vitamins? Yes. But I honestly can't remember what they told me. And again, I don't know if it's because I was in such a la la world of the idea that I thought I would never gain weight again, that I didn't listen or they did. I don't remember. Now the part of the protein, they didn't talk about that at all. And that is key. Well, they probably didn't know back then. They probably... They didn't have it all ironed out yet. And they Back kind then of is just... when, do you remember Carney Wilson? That was when Carney yeah. Wilson had yeah. bariatric surgery. And then that's when everybody, it started coming out again. And that's when I had it right around when Carney Wilson, right after she had it. Yeah. No, so I was there say, was no talk of that. I was here before they had computers and cell phones and yes, me too. <laughs> me too. <laughs> oh shit. They didn't know how old I am, but like, I remember that. And back then, You'd go to the doctor, you'd get something done. They just said, all right, you know, and they just, they didn't know. They didn't have as much information back then as they do now. So I was just interested on, you know, your vitamins. And, 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 your and you're right. Protein is very essential. And I'm going to be honest with you. I, I hear so many bariatric patients saying 60, 80 grams. That's not enough. That, that's not enough. That's not enough, especially, and I'm putting my age out there. Once you hit 50 and over, you have to have even more. I'm 50. And I need to have more of my protein because I don't want to lose my muscle mass. So in working with my coaching and doing research, I've learned that we should be having um, at least one um, gram per body weight. So right now I'm at 127. So I shoot for 127. I actually shoot for more. 150 grams is what I do. Wow. And 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 it's not hard. It really isn't hard. It's just changing your mindset and looking at food as your fuel and not your comfort. For me, what I found is if I get my protein in, then I don't crave all the bullshit. Like I don't have enough time in the day to eat anything else, but that, yeah, because it satiates you. And I even put a teaspoon of avocado oil because it does, it satiates you, whether you're making a shake or, I mean, you can, you know, I put cod liver oil, which sounds disgusting, yes. but they have it at H-E-B or your grocery yes. store and it has a lemon flavor. So I put it in my strawberry banana shakes, my protein okay. shakes, and I just throw in a tablespoon of that in there and it just gives it that little taste. It actually tastes really good. I add protein powder to my yogurt if I need some extra protein, yeah. you know, to finish off my day, I add some protein powder in there and mix it up and I'm good to go. And I feel full. I feel satisfied. Why do some people lose weight and do great with bariatric surgery? And then some people lose a little bit and it stops and then they're just stuck. What are they doing? Are they, I believe the reason that they are stuck is because they think they're in a caloric deficit and they're not in a caloric deficit. And when, and they'll tell you, oh, I'm eating a thousand calories a day. I ask them then when I speak to 
um, clients and I work with clients, I said, okay, I want you to write down and I want you to track every single thing you eat. I want you to weigh it. And they refuse to. Hmm. They refuse to weigh it because they're no, I got it right. And I'm like, you have nothing to lose. Tracking allows you to see what's working and what's not working. But I find that people don't want to track because it's work. Well, and it's a huge wake up call. It's all accountability because I tell you what, if you're not losing weight and you're stuck or whatever, just for the hell of it, weigh your food. You know, there's tons of apps out there you can get. And you would, you're going to be super surprised and find out that, holy shit, you're eating too much food. You're eating too much. You're taking too much in grazing. Yes. You know? And you think you're, you, you think, oh, it's a little, but people don't realize. And I see when, when, when COVID hit and we were locked up before that, I wasn't tracking. I was like, oh, I can keep track of it in my head. I'm not going over on this or that. And then when I started tracking, I'm like, oh my goodness, no wonder I'm not losing weight. Mm -hmm. I'm overeating. I thought I was eating this much of this and this much of that. And I'm not. And be, and here's the thing that I find people say, well, I lost a hundred and something pounds right after surgery and I didn't have to track my food. So I'm not going to track it, but that's the honeymoon period. Once the honeymoon period ends, you have to work at it. The first year, year and a half, you can eat crap and you can eat McDonald's every day and you're going to lose the weight. But after that honeymoon period is, is over, you're going to have to work at it. Because you know what, I, there are days I can pack in a meal like I used to before, and there's days I can't, but I have to be accountable for what I eat. And I don't think it's that people don't want to be accountable. I think people are like, that's too much work. Tracking is too much work. And I'm not going to lie. Yes, it is work, but are you worth it? Yes, you're worth it. Yes, I'm worth it. You know, it helps you see where you're really at. and do what you need to do. Because like I said, okay, you go in for another revision, you get a revision because they make your stomach smaller. That still hasn't changed your relationship with food. Mm -hmm. And after mm -hmm. a year, you're going to be back there. I regained 80 pounds of the 153 I lost. And then I got to go and I regained 20 after plastics. So I have to, I have to be accountable to me for what I put in my mouth. Does that mean that, oh, I can only eat this amount of food? No. I mean, I like to focus on whole foods, meaning, um, you know, things that are not in a box, but I'm also realistic that there are times that we go out as a family or we go out with friends and that's not possible. Well, with the way I teach how to track, I'm able to go and enjoy that food and not feel deprived. Like, um, Back in October, my daughter and I went for a weekend to Dallas to a concert in Dallas. And all I had was, you know, fast food. I made fast food work for me. I accounted for it. I ate at Chick-fil-A. In the morning, there was no other choice but McDonald's across from the hotel. And I ate at Chili's. And when I came back from that trip, I still lost two pounds. Hmm. That didn't mean that I deprive myself. I had what I wanted, but I tracked it and I made it work for me. Now, yeah. am I saying 
that means I'm going to eat out all the time and I'm going to make this a way of life? No, I'm not because quality of food matters, but also to know that when there are those special occasions that you want to go out to eat, you want to be able to do it and not feel like you're deprived, you can. If you learn how to track it and how to manage it, you can still enjoy the things without feeling deprived. And I lost weight during this trip that I would have never thought I would have lost weight before. And it felt, I actually felt free. Yes, I had to track it. Yes, I had to weigh it, but I was able to enjoy eating at Chick-fil-A with my daughter. I was able to enjoy eating out with my daughter. not have the guilt. While you're talking, I can envision sitting in front of my doctor, family doctor, and he was like, Cece, you know, you, you put on like 40 pounds. I mean, this isn't now I'm talking about years ago. And, and I'm like, well, I eat good. I, I don't eat anything bad. And, but in my head, we know guys, if you are struggling still, you can say what you want on a podcast, or you can say what you want to people, but you know what you're doing. You know what you're eating, you know what you're doing, and you got to have accountability for that. And I think that's the hard part. And you got to own it. You got to, you, you got it. to, Hey, you know what? Man, I've been eating chips. Like I'm drinking this. I'm do, I'm drinking alcohol. I'm doing whatever it is. You know you're doing something. You can't blame it on your tool. You can't say I'm metabolically well, so I'm okay. No, like see, you, you I'm can't. I'm 50. I'm postmenopausal, and I lost the weight during this. So when I hear people say, oh, it's because my tool didn't work because I'm going through menopause or I'm going through postmenopause, I've been there, done that, and I was able to get it off. At the end of the day, I'm not trying to be mean. You have to face the reality of what you are and aren't doing and do what you need to do to get it under control. Because it is, because like I said, you go and have a revision surgery, but if you haven't changed anything about the way you eat, you're going to end up in the same place. And it's a never ending cycle that it it just doesn't end. And that's why I'm glad for me that when I was going through that, I didn't even know a revision surgery existed because I would have probably jumped on it, but that wouldn't have fixed anything for me because I wouldn't have learned to have a good relationship with food. And that's my thing to learn how to have a relationship with food. Like, okay, like right now we have candy canes in the house. Okay. I want to have that candy cane. I weigh it. I account for it. And I put it in. I'm like, okay. And if I want another one, I account for it, but I'm tracking what I'm eating and I know where I'm at. So I don't go over. And again, people say, oh my gosh, that's so much work. It is when you're getting, you're trying to lose weight, but eventually as you enter maintenance, you have to do it. But the goal is to eventually get you off where you can, but we're not there yet. You know, we're food addicts. We don't, Yeah, I know how to lose weight. I know how to gain weight. I don't know how to maintain, you know, I I can tell you how to lose it. I can tell you how to gain it, but I can't tell you how to maintain it. That's what I'm learning now, how to maintain it. I'm about to end. And my coach wants to put me in maintenance the week after Thanksgiving. And I'm like dreading it because I'm like, oh my gosh, wait till January. (laughs) Well, I can't wait to January because I'm having um, skin removal on January 18th. So I'm on a timetable. I know. I'm just, I'm just, yeah, I know know, the holidays. It's kind of like, I feel the pressure, but 
I'm not going to not enjoy food. I'm just going to hold myself accountable for whatever I choose to put in my mouth. What, even if it means going to a party and eating out, that's fine. I will do it. I will just account for it and make sure that at the end of the week, I haven't gone over my calories, you know, because yeah. at the end of the day, it comes to a caloric deficit, you know, at the end of the day, that's why at the beginning of surgery, everybody loses because it's not because of um, people say, well, you can eat whatever. It's because you're in a caloric deficit. You can't eat. You can yeah. eat so little you're, you're forced to a caloric deficit, but what happens after when that, that restriction leaves? Yeah. You know, and well, that's and when so I see people sabotaging themselves. You're talking about when I say these things, I'm talking about me because my yes. motto was months ago, a few months ago was, Hey, I eat whatever I want. Yes. I don't have any guilt because, you know, for me, I was a binge eater. So I eat whatever I want. I, I mean, I could only eat a, a few bites, but I eat whatever I want. There's no guilt. I don't worry about it. I don't think about it. And that's just the way I was doing it. And I wasn't gaining weight. I haven't gained any weight, but I've learned in the last month or just recently that that doesn't cut it because when I eat those foods, I feel like shit. Yes. Like I literally feel like I aged 10 years. I feel the inflammation. I feel like crap. They haven't gained the weight, right? Because yes. you said I'm in the honeymoon phase, but I feel like crap. And so for me, I know there's certain things that if I eat them, I can't do that anymore. I can't drink a soda water just because it's okay. And I'm technically at my, I'm beyond my goal weight. My goal weight was 138. And now I'm like 128, which that's great, but it's not about the number anymore. It's about how I feel. Yeah. And so I've had to take a look back. And so it's made me think about everybody else. Like, what am I doing? You know? And so just recently I was telling my husband, it was like, my body wants to be a vegan. <laughs> <laughs> Like if I eat something sweet, I'll dump, but I can eat a banana or hundred percent pineapple juice or fruit, just organic, raw, clean foods. Like you said, and my body's fine. I, I don't dump. But see, there's so many alternatives nowadays that didn't even exist when I had surgery mm -hmm. that you don't have to be deprived. I make waffles. I make pancakes. I make the muffins, I make the cookies, I make the bagels, I make the ice cream, I make the pies. The difference is the quality of the ingredients that I'm using. And people, because I even have that mindset, you know, I grew up in a thing that um, losing wet weight meant deprivation and starvation. And that's not what it has to be around. Yeah. There are so many alternatives and there are so many ways to create your favorite foods and be able to enjoy them and stay not only well with your health, but with your, your weight. You have to find that balance. Yes. Just my body likes organic, clean foods. Well, it, it when I talk really about the things it. that I make, I'm not making them with junk. I'm making them with organic foods. Yeah, now, yeah I'm yeah. not making them all the time because they're not things that I want to have in my house all the time. But for example, if my kids, you know, my boys had their birthday and now with the holidays, they want ice cream. I'll make some ice cream, totally organic ingredients and 
when I have people come to my house, friends and family, everybody eats it because it tastes just like the, the, the process. Stuff. Stuff, yeah. There's no difference. So mm -hmm. that's my goal. And when I work with my clients to teach them how to eat in a way that the foods you're eating, you can't tell the difference and you're able to enjoy them. Now, if even though they're healthy, if I know that I have no control with that food, then I don't have it in the house. Do you know what I mean? Because I can still overeat it and put myself out of a caloric deficit. So it's all, like you said, it's all a balance, but there are certain things that are just not allowed in the house, like the sodas, you know, the candies, those kind of things. They're not, if we have some chocolate, I buy some chocolate made with stevia, some dark chocolate, and I keep that in the house. I keep mm -hmm. stuff like that. My kids get upset. They'll have friends come over and they're like, do you have any snacks? They're like, no. We have no snacks in the cupboard. All we have is real food. So if you want something, my mom will have to make it, you know, so we don't keep it. But yeah. I, but the kids do know that mom knows how to make the alternatives for them so that we don't feel deprived because the way that I eat as a bariatric patient is the same way my husband eats. He's a, he had surgery about a year and a half ago. And it's the same way my four children ages 28 to 11 eat. And anybody who comes to my house eats the same exact way. And I've never had anybody say to me, it's gross. Cause yeah, that's my goal no, yeah. to make it where you can make it a way of life because mm -hmm. we have to look at whatever. And I, I was just talking with one of my clients. I said, listen, I'm going to share this recipe with you. Share these recipes. If you don't like them, don't make them because you think you have to make them because you're, you're working with me. If you don't like it, chuck it off your list. You need to only eat things that you like that are healthy and that you can see yourself eating for the rest of your life. Because if you cannot see yourself eating this for the rest of your life, you're not going to stick to this after our coaching is over. So that's my rule. I said, okay, you have, she's from Guatemala. Okay. She has this recipe. Okay, let's talk about what ingredients there are in the original recipe. So I teach her how to use whole food based ingredients and she recreates it with those ingredients. She's like, oh my gosh, there's no difference. Mm -hmm. See, there you go. Now yeah, you have yeah. a recipe that you can use to keep your weight off, stay healthy with no deprivation. Because I remember growing up during the time, because you and I are about the same age where I grew up in Miami, where it was the public diet, American Heart Association diet, a boiled piece of chicken, a boiled um, cauliflower bowl, broccoli. And I remember you'd eat some beets and some, ugh. it's like, I can never stick to it because that was not a way of life. That was punishment. And my goal is to help my clients realize this is not a punishment. Food can taste good and fuel your body and you can enjoy it without using it as a form to comfort and soothe yourself, but still enjoy it. You just got to find your balance. You know, in 2005, I found out I was gluten-free. I had celiac okay. and I was sick and I was struggling. I found out I had it and we had to really change our whole way of eating. The eating. house was gluten-free and we still eat the things that we ate before, but we just made modifications, you know, yes. and it was still good. It was still great. This is the same thing. You know, I just wonder I'm not going to lie. I'm scared about regain because I don't want to gain my weight back, especially I just had my lower body lift, you know, and yes. 
if I'm bloated, like when I get wheat, my symptom is my stomach blows up like I'm eight months pregnant. And I literally bleed internally in my small intestines. That was my reaction to the wheat. So if that happens right now, I'm going to rip myself in half. Yes. <laughs> Because my stomach is so tight and tiny. I'm I'm 10 months out and I still get bloated. If, yeah. if, if I like just eat like something that is not my normal, I get bloated. And my stomach, feel, I told my husband, I said, I feel like I have a, a board on my stomach and it's just stuck there. And it's like, it's so hard. I can't even. It, it, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping it gets better, but my stomach is so like. Which granted, she gave me this beautiful stomach and it's like tight and beautiful and whatever, but it's just, it's a weird feeling. You've had plastics too, right? You had the yeah. total lower body lift. Yes, I did. I had, I started with the um, skin removal on my arms and then I had, um, what did I do now? I had the bags under my eyes removed. And then now in January, I had the lower body lift. Boy, was that one a tough one. I don't know if it was our age. I've asked the girls that I was there when I was there doing it. And they all said it was tough, though. I don't think it's our yes. age. Everybody, just, everybody was hurts. saying it was horrible. It just it hurts. It It is like. I'd rather I, give birth to 10 kids before going through that. Oh, my <laughs> God. I mean, TMI, but I couldn't get my butt crack to heal. Cause right in my butt crack is where my surgery, my line went. Yes. And I could not get my butt crack to heal. And I'm like, I, it's still not heal. I'm healed all around, but not my butt crack. And she's like, you got to keep it dry. I was like, how the hell am I going to keep my butt crack dry when I have on these Baja they yeah. wear? It's just moist in there. So I had to like pack it with gauze and like, it was just a nightmare. It, yeah, it healed though. Thank God my butt yeah. crack looks good. But plastics is it's, it's hard. It's hard. Very it, hard. That I think my, my, my eyes was super easy and my arms was super easy, but I had no idea what I was signing up for when I got my lower body lift. And when I got out of surgery, I looked at my surgeon. I said, why did you not tell me it hurt this bad? He says, cause you wouldn't have done it. <laughs> well, like, she told me, cause I've had procedures with her. I didn't do my arms yet, but she was like, this was going to be, it's going to be tough. And I was like, nah, I can take some pain. I've had breast cancer. I've had chemo, six rounds of all three chemos and wow. 38 rounds of radiation. I can put up with some freaking a 360, you know, so, but I, whole, I thought so too. holy hell, my ass, I still am sitting on my boppy pillow. My ass still hurts. Like, wow. You don't know how bad it is until you can't sit on your own ass longer than 30 minutes without changing positions. Oh, I, for me, it was horrible because oh. I went to Mexico to have it done. And when I was coming back, I was so swollen that when I my Uber took me to the airport, um, Southwest didn't want to accept me on their flight because they saw how swollen and how miserable I was. And I was like, no, I got to get home. I, I, I got to get home. Wow. You know, so they let me on, but I was like literally crying, sitting there waiting for the plane. And there were these other ladies that were there that had just had plastics. And so we were walking the, the perimeter there at the, at the, at the airport. And then when I got to Arizona, I always say God sent me an angel because this man came out of nowhere and helped me. Oh. I, I couldn't help myself. It was, it was like, I was dying. I was, 
there you are can't no words. even move. Oh, I yeah. know you can't move. Like you are, you cannot eat. And they tell you, don't use your stomach muscles. How the fuck <laughs> am I going to get out of bed or move or sit down or get up or do anything without using my stomach muscles? You have to compensate with your arms and like holding yes. on things. And like, it's just, it's. And then you, you wonder oh. why the heck did I do this? Yeah. I, felt why, that. I, mean, I yeah. did for a long time. Why did I do this? Why did I do this? You know? And now I'm like, glad I did it, but man, Shit, it, it was yeah. tough. And I feel like I was so comfortable from the other surgeries that I didn't, I thought, oh, this is a piece of cake. So this time around, I'm like, nope, I'm getting my body ready. So I've been strength training since May, working with my coach, like I told you, and, and, and I walk 10,000 steps every day to make sure that I get my body as ready as I can for my legs. Because, you know, I hear about legs that you can split a stitch that it can open up. So I'm like, I got to have a plan. You know, I, I want to make sure that I'm in the best condition that I can be in for what I can control, what I can't control, I can't control, but that I'm strong, you know, because I still have a lot of, I've still had a lot of inflammation because my surgery for my lower body lift was just in January. So I literally, you know, and that's another thing people think, oh, everything goes into place. I had a lot of swelling in order to get down to where I am now. I've had to strain train, you know, again, plastic surgery is just a tool, just like bariatric surgery. You know, you have to do the work because you can regain the weight. And I've had to work to shape my body the way I wanted it to, oh and to get my hips to come down to lose as much because I'm, I'm bottom heavy. So I'm trying to get as much as the fat down. So when he goes in, he can cut off all the excess skin. And he's not telling me, oh, I could only do so much fat because you have too much fat in your legs. So what doctor so do you go to in, in Mexico? I go to um, Jesus Antonio Gaitan. He's in Mexicali. And so he's- Is that he's from really, San Diego or like- um, Well, we go into San Diego and then, well, usually like there, there, are, there are people pick you up in Tijuana or they pick, when during COVID, they would pick you up in Tijuana and take you into Mexicali, which was about an hour and a half, two hours away. But now that they can go in, they come and pick you up at the airport and they take you and they're amazing. Um, the Uber guys are amazing. They already know us. So they know us by name. So when we're coming, you know, it, it, it feels very um, homey, just like they know who you are. You know, I walk in the door and the nurse is like, oh, this is Monica. Oh, yo, hi, Monica. You know, he already knows who I am. So he, because people ask me, well, why don't you go to another surgeon? I said, because he knows me. Yeah. He knows me. I have a relationship with him. He knows my body. He knows. I just feel comfortable. Yeah. I see Dr. Cadmina Cardenas in uh, Tijuana right there. Okay. Uh, or TJ, they call it. She's amazing. Yes. I've heard um, they're amazing surgeons in Tijuana. How about your arms? Did your arms hurt? Nothing. Or was that nothing? Oh, nothing. Shit. That That's was, awesome. but he left me. I he, I mean, he took off all this. I mean, my arms look like twigs when I came out. Now I'm trying to build muscle, but I was like, oh my goodness. I mean, and, but I didn't hurt at all, at all. Two days after my husband and I were in Mexicali going to the malls, hanging out because I had no pain whatsoever. I was thinking about doing my arms, but I don't know if I need it. Let me show you my arms. Hold on. Do you see it? I think so, huh? 
Yeah, but I don't, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if with strength training, because mine was like chicken. That's what my husband said. Yeah, I don't know if I want to do my arms. I, I definitely want to do my thighs, I think. But God, mine looked like chicken skin. Hurt. Mine looked like chicken skin. Literally oh. just like pull it like that. It was chicken skin because he said I didn't even have fat there. And my legs looked the same way. It was, I mean, I don't know. You could, but I don't think like my cut is from here to here, all the way down here. Cause oh. he did the side, you know, I developed that side boob. So he took care of that side boob, but up to here. I'm and scared. The, the, I'm so scared. After that was the time. easiest surgery. And my <laughs> eyes was totally easy. Oh my gosh. I, I, yeah, I the heard them when they were easy. I was, yeah. I was half awake when they were doing it. So I kind of heard them talking and, and, and I, and, you know, so I told them I'm awake and then they kind of knocked me out. Cause I actually was awake when they were finishing up my right arm and they were getting ready to do my left. I felt it when he was starting to cut. And I'm like, I feel that I feel that. So right away, they, they knocked me out because they do surgeries different there, but I was never in fear. I was never in fear of my life or anything. Yeah. You know, I've always felt very comfortable. And I think it, in, in more when you go outside of, of Tijuana, because in Tijuana, you have a lot of doctors that speak English, but when you go to Mexicali and more in, you don't have as many. So I think it also helped being Hispanic and that I speak Spanish. You know, I think that that helps, yeah, that you know, in the helps. communication yeah. and, you know, just making sure that the, though he's very open, you know, um, just to make sure that your needs are met. And, you know, and he's very honest with you. If he can't do something, he'll tell you, I can't do it. Yeah. You know, yeah. like he's told me, you know, is. I'm like, there's I certain want things this. he tells me he can't do. So I, want I gotta this and I want this. And she's like, I could only give you what you already have. Like, you know, and then he says to remember my age and that I've had kids. And I'm like, don't remind me of my age. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so I'm here in spite of my age. Yeah. So like I said, that's why I'm really working hard to get my body ready and, yeah. you know, and, and, and pray and hope that it goes better. Cause I, I told my husband, I want, I I'm not kidding you. I don't remember the last time I put on a bathing suit. I think I was probably 13, maybe 12. Wow. And I'm See, that's how I am. I've never worn a bathing suit. In, I haven't either. I, my I've goal is a, to wear one at the cruise on the cruise. Yeah. I've worn a bikini and some, and swim shorts, but None I've never that. worn a bikini top. I can now cause God, I have a tiny stomach. And uh, a bikini, uh, like a bottom. I've never worn a bathing suit in public. I don't wear shorts ever in my life. I've never worn shorts unless it's because of the swim shorts, because you have to wear swim shorts. But I never wear shorts during the day or I, I did this summer. I didn't care because it was so hot. Yeah, and my yeah. friend was like, you know, and my family was like, nobody's looking at you. I said, but I see it. And, I, and I just had to get past it. But then I look at my thighs and I was like, you know what? I want to go on that cruise and I want to wear a bathing suit because I can. I don't want to have to. I've always been the one looking through. OK, I can find the top, but then I need the short bottoms to mix it up. You know, I, I missed out so much when my children were little. I know because I didn't want to go in the pool with them. I didn't mm -hmm. want to be seen in a bathing suit. And I feel like. I missed out on my kids are now grown and I missed out on their childhood so much because I let my body keep me from being as involved because I didn't feel comfortable and I feel bad for that. And so I do tell people, you know, even if you're there, your kids don't care. 
Your yeah. kids don't care. Enjoy those moments with them because you can't take them. You can't go back and relive them. You know, yeah. I remember the, the one time I went in the pool with them, they were like shocked that I even went in the pool. They'd never seen me in the pool and I feel so bad. And I'm like, no, that's got to change. I said, you know, I told them, I said, I feel better now than I did when I was younger. And I want to grow old, strong and in my best health. You know, mm -hmm. I don't want to be still 10 years, 20 years from now, still struggling to get off the weight from bariatric surgery, you know, mm -hmm. still not being where I want to be, you yeah. know, but it comes to where it's my choice. Yeah. As hard as it is, as much work as it takes, because it's not easy. And we know that yeah. to say, I'm going to do this no matter what, even if it means I have to be uncomfortable with yeah. what I don't want to do. You know, sometimes I don't want to go walk and I make myself go walk because I never want to go walk. <laughs> I never want to do anything. I don't, I, I don't could, want to, but I, I force myself. All day, I would, if you don't move your body, I think one of the hardest things to do is move. You know, if we don't move and make this work for us and get in that protein and get in our vitamins. Yes. I mean, cause here's the thing. We already had the surgery. It's done. Yep. You are, you have to get in your vitamin. You don't have a choice. If you don't get in your vitamins, you know, we all know what happens there. You go downhill. You don't get I was anemic. I was anemic for 18 and a half years. I just corrected my anemia. Um, yeah. Right. During COVID the yeah. whole time I had my kids, with anemia and everything. And I, yeah. and I couldn't get it corrected. Now I got it under control, but yeah. man, I had to discipline myself. I'm going to take my vitamins. I'm going to yeah. do not this thing that I hear. And, and I don't mean it in disrespect, but when I hear people, Oh, I can't take the pill. I'm going to gag. It's too big. You knew this coming into surgery, mm -hmm. do what you got to do. You better you know, not trying to be mean, a, but you get know, a gummy bear, get a patch. Yes. Figure it the do hell what you out. Gotta do, but you do better it. get it in. You better because it'll catch up with you. I ended up having um, losing teeth and I couldn't even afford the dental implants in the States. And I had to go to Mexico to get them done. When I had my eyes done, I got my dental implants worked on. And then now when I went to get my my lower body lift, they put in the teeth because I couldn't even afford it here in the States with yeah. insurance because it was going to be my husband and me, it was going to cost us $45,000 and we were able to get it over there for 7,000, both of us. But had I taken my vitamins, had I taken care of myself, had I eaten whole foods that was going to nourish my body, I could have avoided all the issues that I developed because they tell you you're going to develop these, but somehow we and I, and I, and I include myself in this. We think that it will never touch us. Yeah. I hear people say, well, I had, I'm, I'm clear, honey, it'll catch up with you. It may not catch up with you. Now it catches up with every, everybody at a different rate, but it will catch up with you at yeah. some point. So you can't ignore it and say, no, I'm not going to do it. You just got to buckle down and say, you know what? I signed up for this. Like you say, I can't take yeah, it back. There's no I got to do what I got to do. Yeah. If I wasn't willing to do it, then I shouldn't have signed up for it. Yeah. Because once because you, you hit that, that tipping point of that, no return of, Hey, the hair is already falling out. Yes. There is no, Oh, let me go take some vitamins. I mean, you're already 
so I used deficient. to have long hair. I had to leave my hair like this just so it looks full because it, I had a full head, beautiful hair, but it got long and it fell off and it looks thin. So to keep it full, I have to keep it at this length because I didn't do what I needed to do when it was still early because I didn't want to listen to what I was told. And, or, or when you hear people, they get mad at the nutritionist or the doctor that told them something they don't want to hear. Mm-hmm. It's like, don't get mad. Just do what you need to do yeah. for you to get your life back and to be able to live the most normal life you were created to live. Because yeah. why did we get this? To get our lives back. Mm-hmm. But yet when we don't do the things that we're supposed to do, we're losing our life because we're wasting away. We're hurting where our health suffers and our children suffer. Our family suffers because we're not able to be there for them the way we envisioned we were going to be there for them once we had this surgery, because we, we believe it's going to be easy and it's not easy. But the great thing is it is still a tool that will work if we use it correctly and responsibly. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Because once, you know, I, I'm, I'm feeling that because my motto a few months ago was I eat whatever I want because I could, <laughs> but uh, I'm paying for it because I feel like shit, you know, right now I feel like crap. And so it's now I have to backtrack and go get the whole foods, get back. My nutritionist told me the easiest thing. And so whenever I need a reboot to my, for my mental health to get this right, is she told me, she said, Cece, I just want you to do two things. Get a piece of paper. All I want you to record right now, you know, because when you're so far gone or you're just trying yeah. to start back, get a piece of paper. And um, all I want you to record is how much protein yes. you got in and how much yes. water you got in. I yes. don't care about nothing else. Yes. Don't worry about you. If you drink 30 ounces of water, 30 ounces of water. If you had uh, your protein, put down your protein, how much, yes. protein, you know, how much I get 20 grams protein with that. Um, My coach whatever. tells me, make sure you're getting your protein and you're hitting your calories. I don't care about nothing else right now. Just hit yeah. those and yeah. it'll all work itself out. And it does. Yeah. So just focus on that. If you need to kind of restart your system, um, because keep it simple. So yes. you don't overwhelm yourself. Because Otherwise it gets, it's, it's overcomplicating. And then you already get defeated before you even start. And you don't even do it, you know, at least that's how I am. If it gets overcomplicated, I'm like, yes, I have to kind of start slow and then work my way back up. But I want to talk about, you're not just going on the cruise. You're a team member and you are doing the glow up midnight 5k run. Yes, I am. Or walk or jog or laugh and giggle all the way around the top deck of the cruise ship whatever you, whatever they want to do, they could do it, but that's going to be so much fun. Yes, it is. And keep us moving, even in the midst of all the food that's going to be there, keep the body moving and keeping active Mm -hmm. and doing the things that we have not been able to do for so long. Yeah. I'm so excited about it. I wanted to do the 5k and we were trying to think of when can we do it? Cause you only have so much time and it's like, so, but I think this is great. So it's going to be so much fun. I'm excited. And we're giving prizes for everything, exercise, boot camp we're doing. So everybody gets prizes, whoever goes. You'll have your glow sticks and your swag bags. Yes. And it's going to be so much fun. But before we end the podcast, I always ask everybody, 
although I feel like this whole episode has been words of wisdom, but do you have any advice to share or anything you want to tell everybody listening? My biggest thing would be to listen to those (laughs) that have come before you and those who have been successful, because so many times I see the, the resounding message with those that are further out is getting your protein, track your food. And that seems like something so hard that everybody struggles with, but it isn't. And to just really focus on getting that in to be able to get you going to where you want to be. You know, remember why you did this. Don't give up. Even when it gets tough, even when you don't see that scale moving, like you said, reassess and be honest with yourself about what you are and what you aren't doing. And like what you said, your your dietitian said is the same thing I tell my clients and my coach tells me, focus on your protein, focus on your water, focus, mine tells me get in those calories. As long as you're doing that, it'll even out and, and keep it simple. You know, they said, if focus on three, three meats a week that you want to focus on and three starches, your vegetables and mix and match foods and start there. But don't give up and feel hopeless. Like you sabotage yourself and there's no way out because there is. I'm 21 years out. I have been able to lose the weight. I'm now working on maintaining it. And I didn't have revision. I have not had a revision. So it's not because a lot of people, I stretched out my stomach. No, you can do it. You know, you can do it. You didn't stretch out your stomach. You have to learn how to eat to fuel your body. So really focus on that. You know, really focus on and be honest with yourself. Be honest with yourself about what you are and what you aren't doing. You know, you don't have to tell anybody, be, be honest with yourself. And when you're honest with yourself, that's the beginning of your healing to be able to get you where you want to be. I mean, that's what I had to do. Mm -hmm. That's what I had to do. And it's not easy. It's not. If if I could tell you the things that have happened in my life since I even had plastics, that would have been easy to sabotage myself. Yet I did. And And I'll share it. My husband on March 31st, um, was in a near fatal car accident. That's why I've been very silent. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people have asked me, why have you been so silent on social media? My husband almost died. And he was in an ICU. He shattered his leg, his ribs, everything. And it would have been so easy at that moment to have sabotaged myself because the stress was overwhelming. I'm here looking at myself and I get chills as I share this with you at the fact that I almost became a widower, a widow with four children. And at that moment, I wanted to turn to food as my comfort. And I had gotten to the point that I have made this my way of living that I didn't turn to it. And it wasn't because I'm anything special. It's because it it is already such a habit in my life that I knew the right thing 
was to love myself enough to take care of me in this moment when my husband couldn't walk and was with broken legs and my children needed me. And then if I took care of me and love me, I would be able to be the best wife to him. And I would be able to be there for my children. Because if I wouldn't have done that, I, it, was, it was super easy to sabotage myself. My husband was at home for six months. He's just gone back to work. And I had to love myself enough that in the midst of it, I said, no, I will not sabotage myself. I am not going backwards. I have to be strong for me, for my husband and for my children. And I refuse to give in. Many people helped us with food and I was very appreciative of that. I would feed the children that food, but I focused on what I had to do for me at that time. And I kept it simple, literally a steak and salad every day. I kept it simple to get me to the point where I can get through this and help myself. And that was a big victory for me because before the old Monica would have sabotaged herself. And I was still healing from my lower body lift when my husband had the accident. I was like scooting myself to the hospital, to the ER when the cops called that he was being airlifted to the hospital. And I didn't even know if he was dead or alive. And I had to say, no, I cannot do this to myself. I cannot. And so love yourself enough, ladies and gentlemen, and don't let anything that happens keep you from putting you as number one and loving yourself. Because when you love yourself enough to take care of you, everything else will fall in place. Because if you don't take care of you and you're not the best you, you can't be there for your, for your spouse. You can't be there for whoever it is that needs you. And I had to learn that. And that was like my first real victory of feeling like I overcame having to turn to food for my comfort. But it took almost losing my husband in a car accident March 31st to get there. Yeah. I mean, it was, I can't even explain. I'm, I'm still, that's why, you know, like I said, when people say, oh, where have you been? I'm tr trying to get myself. I'm surviving. That's right. Surviving. I'm yeah. And, you know, we're finally getting to that. We're, we're, we're trying to get back to a normal life but it could have taken me down. Yeah. And I'm like, no. And he had just had gastric bypass in Mexico the summer before he was like, bring me my food to the hospital. I was taking him his food to the hospital because the stuff they were giving him was going to, I was like, are you crazy? You're not eating that. He's like, no, bring me my food. And I brought him his food to the hospital and we just had to stay strong, mm -hmm. you know, and you don't realize how strong you can be until that's the only choice you have until you go through something like this. Yeah. Yeah. So, and you came out of it on the other end yeah. and y'all are doing good and you held strong, which is a testament to, you know, the struggle Food is your of medicine. Yeah. Food is your medicine. It, it absolutely is. If, if you want to feel good, if you want your body to not hurt. If you want to have energy, you want to be awake, you want to have your hormones are every, you've got, yes. it's, it's all about what we put in our mouth and how we treat our bodies. Yes. Period. Period. Exactly. Absolutely. I mean, it's true. It is absolutely true. Well, thank you, Monica. Thank you. For I am so me. excited. I can't wait to see you 
Yes. June 22nd through the 26th, guys, of next year. Go to barrydiaries.com and check it out. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on any platform that you get your podcast. And check us out at Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash fairy diaries for more exclusive content, deep dives, and info on upcoming events. Don't forget, follow us on social media. See you there.